Pablo, my mom says best of luck. Oh, you know, your mom has been a key part of my target demo for three years. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm attempting to win her over with this next thing. I this, just want Mama Barnwell to know that. This sounds like you're kind of like, like doing like a burn, but I don't think you are. I think you're being genuine. Oh, no, 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 no. Bill Barnwell's mom for the podcast audience. I want you to know two things. Number one, Bill Barnwell's mom is a key part of the demographic for what is unfolding on www.pablotorre.com. <laughs> I'm now in full shameless plug mode. Uh, number seconds. two, I feel like Bill Barnwell and how he is personally dressed today is also recognizing that his mom might be watching because Bill Barnwell looks like a like a adult, dude. Pablo, I, am, I, I am. Is this for me? It is for you, Pablo. I once worked for a man who did not wear a tie to interview the president of the United States at the White House. <laughs> and I am wearing a tie for my final debatable appearance with you. Oh, it's, it's, I, I, Alabaster, David Dennis Jr. baked me a cupcake. Wow. <laughs> Bill Barnwell dressing up is, is the icing that I really needed. And, and I'm just going to be changing the locks. <laughs> um, but oh, pablodori.com yeah pablo show um, let's talk about some football okay. um in the story that's evolved over the last couple of days is lamar jackson do you think lamar is going to find what he's looking for on the trade market oh i i've been waiting for like debatable to just become you two illusions will lamar jackson find what he's looking for um bill there are so many subplots in this story that distract from a fundamental question i think about whether lamar jackson getting the contract he wants is actually a good contract like in a vacuum away from all of the other layers of Deshaun Watson and owner versus labor relations. But I feel like I want to know where you want to start with this, because at the core of this story is a real question about like his true value. But I know that we're barely even getting to that when we get to all of the headlines and the tweets that we've gotten over the last week. Let's just start with that contract, because I think that's the the question being asked here is, is Lamar going to get what he wants? And if what Lamar wants, which he's never, he's cut out and said a lot of things related to what he wants, but he's sort of like me being in a relationship as an 18 year old. Like I just wouldn't come out and actually say the thing I wanted. I would just expect people to kind of read my mind, which didn't work very well. A lot of away messages with oh, like you two lyrics, incidentally, 100%. trying to signal what you want, but not actually saying it. Lamar has $250 emoji in an aim away message right now. And unfortunately, none of the league's owners are comfortable using aim. And so uh, <laughs> none of them have, have heard his request. I think if Lamar, what Lamar wants is a five-year deal that's fully guaranteed through all five years, not guaranteed for the first three years. And it's going to be north of $50 million per year, which is the going rate for a Lamar Jackson caliber of quarterback right now. I don't think he's going to get it. Like, you might get to no. a point where that last team standing might just panic and offer it and try to get the Ravens not to match it. But what what about these first few weeks of the Lamar Jackson po process, Pablo, have made you feel like there is a team out there that's plausibly excited to give Lamar Jackson that kind of contract? 
No, look, and so this is where we get to the layers and, and the way this story has rolled out, mm -hmm. because Lamar also tweeted for the first time that, oh, by the way, I requested a trade on March yes. 2nd. And I was he like, oh, good. He would have been good to know. By the way, at the exact moment, John Harbaugh was going to the podium to give a press conference to, to uh, the media, which seemed yes. honestly an aim away message level of petty, frankly. <laughs> Yeah, and if and if John Harbaugh were to respond by warning his account, oh a no, real deep cut, a real deep cut for anybody actually in these instant messenger trenches with us. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it would have been fitting to this story because what Lamar is asking for, look, there are two ways to see it. One is from the level of like our owners colluding against Lamar Jackson, mm -hmm. and there is a plausible interpretation of those events based on the fact that every owner, including the owner of the Ravens, has said. We don't want to pay anybody anything like what the Browns gave Deshaun Watson. So no. you start with that premise. But I'd like to imagine a world in which that contract never happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I believe a non-collusive, rationally minded owner might be saying to themselves, which may or may not exist in yeah. reality, but I believe they'd be saying to themselves, okay, like just in a vacuum, does this contract for a guy who has missed 11 games over the last two seasons, has had 20 picks against 33 total touchdowns, mm -hmm. is this actually a deal that helps my team, a team that is bound by a salary cap? And for those reasons, right, both the collusive and the non-collusive reasons, mm -hmm. I believe he is not going to get this deal, Bill. And we can talk about motive all we want, but the end product, that much seems clear to me. Right. And it's not just what you're paying him in terms of that contract, because that's a lot of money. And I think great quarterbacks are worth more than what they get paid. If Patrick Mahomes was a free agent, God, he, he would own the rights to AOL Instant Messenger. That's how much <laughs> money he would make on that deal. But it's not just that. You're giving up, presumably, to sign him to an offer sheet two first round picks. Now it can be less if they sign and trade that it could be, you know, a one first round pick or a one on the two or one on the player, but the, the going rate for we can sign Lamar and the Ravens don't have to do anything about it besides not match it is two first round picks. And those first round picks in themselves are valuable. Now yes. we've seen the Browns, for example, when they traded for the Brock Osweiler contract, they valued a second round pick as being worth about $17 million. So first round pick, especially if it's a high first round pick, that is worth 30, $35 million perhaps to your franchise. So not only are you paying Lamar Jackson $50 million a year, but you're also giving up these other assets that are worth 30, $35 million over the course of this next deal. So you're paying even more than that versus someone who would be perhaps a, a unrestricted free agent. I think it'd be a different conversation if Lamar Jackson was an unrestricted free agent and it was just the money as opposed to the money and the draft picks. Yeah, this feels like one of those stories that is designed to never get to the heart of the matter because there are all of these exit ramps like yes. Jim Ursay being like seemingly on paper a voice of reason until you remember that it's being said by Jim Ursay, <laughs> which is just generally the idea of like, look, we got the money. The question yep. is whether it's good for us as a team. And I think this is where, again, we're trying to divorce always like collusion from actual like smart management of your team in a world mm -hmm. in which, yes, there are limits on how you want to do it. And also factoring in, by the way, that to Lamar Jackson's credit, what he is seizing upon is this marketplace in which everybody who gets paid the most only is that guy until the next star quarterback comes available to negotiate their own contract. Mm -hmm. This is the precedent that Lamar Jackson is seizing upon. He doesn't want to break that precedent, so to speak. Sure. Um, just because Deshaun Watson happened to be, by the way. <laughs> just, Bill, I don't... Uh, 
I, I want to just clarify something okay. that's funny to me about all sure. of this, and it's morbid, right? Because I believe personally that Lamar Jackson should get paid by the Ravens, should have been paid by the Ravens, mm -hmm. simply because there is a desperation here and there is a lack of alternatives here that makes it even worse for a team like the Ravens who don't know what the f else they're going to do if they lose Lamar Jackson, right? Lamar has leverage over them in that specific way. Well, like, Pablo, here's the thing, though. The Ravens went through a five or six year window after the Super Bowl where they had not signed Joe Flacco. And Joe Flacco went and had the most incredible postseason you could imagine Joe Flacco having, won a Super Bowl, and the Ravens had that exact existential crisis of, oh my God, if we don't have Joe Flacco, what do we do? And they spent five years stuck in Joe Flacco mediocrity misery because they paid him a ton of money, had to give him a second contract because the first contract was so bad to create cap space, and only got bailed out after five and a half years because the entire league didn't want Lamar Jackson and let him fall to the final pick of the first round. Right. So uh, right. if anybody is sitting here and saying, I don't want to get stuck in the situation where we have no other option, it's probably the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so here's the other aspect of this, right? Is that like, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to be, I, I hate that I am compelled by this exercise, but I do <laughs> want to imagine an owner of a team who is like, Wait a minute, guys. So the Deshaun Watson contract was something that everybody said was literally the most immoral contract in the history of sports. Mm -hmm. <laughs> everybody was against this. And now this is the thing that we're all supposed to be bound by. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like everybody is so bad at messaging on their own behalf here that this is a fascinating isolating of variables here mm -hmm. because it is it is the thing that no one thought should have happened and now is supposed to be a precedent for a guy who is absolutely nowhere close to Deshaun on the moral misbehavior scale. Sure. Although I guess, is this where we now bring in the fact that his nutritional and sleep <laughs> patterns have been called into question? Because now we're, now we're getting to this part of the equation, which is like, what are the reasons to doubt Lamar Jackson off the field? Yes, it certainly sounds like that is the early concerns our, our Chris Mortensen reported, and Chris Morton can take it to the bank. This is what actually teams are saying. Uh, there have been legitimate concerns about uh, Lamar's sleep habits and nutrition. And I went and looked. You know, teams have more access to more information than I I'm aware of. Certainly, you know, the word gets around for stuff, I suppose. The only thing I can find about Lamar Jackson's nutritional habits are that he eats shrimp Alfredo before mm. every single game, which, first off, there, who 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 am I to throw stones here at Lamar Jackson for, <laughs> for doing a delicious strip Alfredo before uh, a debatable appearance or an NFL game, perhaps? But I'm reminded of Alexander Ovechkin, the, the star hockey player who plays for the Washington Capitals, now in his late 30s, who eats uh, chicken parm and pasta from the same local restaurant before every game and then literally drinks uh, Pepsi in, in a Gatorade bottle you know, from shift to shift, he's still doing fine into his late 30s. And, and Lamar's been doing this for his entire career. And by the way, his entire career to this point has been really good. So if that's the biggest concern, that doesn't seem like it's a good enough reason to not sign Lamar Jackson. No, it also feels like this is a prime example of teams, again, uh, through proxies being bad at messaging on their own behalf. Sure. Because all it feels like is you essentially blaming a guy for off the field reasons that other people are not being necessarily blamed for in the same way, which raises questions of double standards and sure. race and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. When really all you got to say if you're a team is 
the dude has missed 11 games over the last two years. Like, just stick to the basic result. <laughs> like, the idea that he is, I don't know. Um, I just know, look, is sleep important biometrically? Is this an area of research that teams care about? No question, sure. right? Is nutrition similarly something that teams really care about for reasons of productivity? No question. But to do it in this way just impugns your credibility as an anonymous source, which is, I guess, why you do it <laughs> anonymously. I mean, Pablo, the, the man in the NFL we know is sleeping the best is the man who has the sleep number contract, and that's Dak Prescott. And, and I don't think <laughs> anybody – I've never heard anybody in the NFL say, you know what, I don't think Dak is that good – but I know he's getting that eight hours of sleep a night. I know he's got his sleep number set. I know he's set there. Like this is a conversation that can only be used to knock a quarterback. It's never used exactly. in a quarterback's favor. You never hear outside of Tom Brady, who is the exception to every rule because Tom Brady is, is Tom Brady. You never hear about, oh, this guy's nutritional regimen is great. No one said, oh, Deshaun Watson, you know, was a, a garbage human being off the field, but at least he ate three square meals a day. <laughs> that doesn't, like this stuff doesn't, you're if, like you said, Bill, it's only a pretense. If Lamar Jackson kept the habits of the most reckless Twitch streamer <laughs> and ate utter <laughs> and never slept and only played video games, but played all of his games that he was asked to in the last yes. two years, none of this would matter. Absolutely not. So why are we framing it? It's it's like anyway, I, I think Alabaster that what we're getting to now is is um we're getting to the point where no one is ever going to communicate about the thing that matters the most and we're just going to get into variously sourced character assassinations mm -hmm. because everyone's trying to justify why they're asking for x and why they're only going to play why they're only going to pay x minus y except for jim ursay who was happy to just say whatever he wants on the record because he does not care and i you could raise some questions about Jim Irsay. I appreciate that he is willing to be on the record about anything and everything at any time. Jim Irsay's nutritional and sleep habits, I think, Jim, are probably Jim not the, the, the most <laughs> opaque glass from behind which you may throw stones. Let's say that. I, I assume Jim Irsay is eating most of his meals out of one of Kurt Cobain's guitars, uh, which is fine. <laughs> you know, like a, 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 a good a good shrimp Alfredo, perhaps. From from inside the guitar, I think absolutely Jim Jim Mercy does that. This Jim is Alfredo. actually a perfect yes. transition to our overly honest Shirley Temple chugging oh, son God. of Pablo Torre, Joel Embiid. Oh, wow. And the question I have about this is: Do you think less of Joel Embiid for dodging Nikola Jokic after calling him out in an interview? Mm. <sighs> Look, here we go. Here we go. <sighs> do I want to think less of Joel Embiid for making our jobs better? Is that what you're asking me? <laughs> no, I don't think less of Joel Embiid for making it easier for us to do this show today. Thank you, What he Joel. did, yeah, thank you, Joel. Hashtag thank you, Joel. Um, Nikola Jokic, uh, who is not participating in any of this, uh, <laughs> incidentally, <laughs> uh, was the guy who played in the game against the Sixers. Mm -hmm. And Joel Embiid was the guy who did not um, against mm -hmm. the Nuggets. And so he set out the game. There's a calf thing. Doc Rivers said, quote, calf things are serious or some <laughs> like that. Thanks, Doc. Oh, for sure. Way to live up to your name. Um, <laughs> but the point is that he seemed to be really hurt. And Joel Embiid, the last time they played, essentially dropped 50 in a zillion. I forget, mm -hmm. roughly, give or take a few dozen rebounds. So sure. I'm not a guy who thinks that he is dodging 
Nikola Jokic, Bill. Sure. I believe he's a guy who might actually um, <laughs> be backing into a situation where he is, due to reasons of health, actually forced to think about the postseason. I knew. As opposed to this current campaign i knew you were going to get to this pablo i knew you were going to bring it all the way around to he's just doing the right thing for the team yes, maybe he is. he is maybe on the surface this is a joel Embiid decision that makes sense the, the sixers have clinched a playoff spot they don't need to beat uh, the nuggets doesn't matter for them in the long run they are a team that needs to accomplish something in the postseason i think we can all agree the best thing for the sixers is having a healthy joel Embiid and a healthy james harden who didn't play as well in yes. the postseason no question there thank you but but pablo there's more to this discussion than that point is this not the embodiment of the they'll be better in the future trust the process sixers is this not the embodiment Ugh. of the oh when everyone's healthy sixers this argument that joel and picked for no apparent reason with Shamsterania on The Athletic about Nikola Jokic, <laughs> which boils down, the best I can tell, Pablo, please correct me if I'm wrong, boils down best to, well, I haven't won anything, but this other guy who's won a couple of individual awards hasn't won anything either, so why isn't he getting criticism too, is a really, really bad argument. This is why Joel Embiid is officially an enemy of Bill Barnwell. He also and... criticized analytics. Exactly right. So he says, quote, you can talk about analytics all you want. Um, I can't read the text on this because it's now too small and blurry, which feels appropriate <laughs> for the tack that Joel Embiid is taking. Forget about the details. <laughs> you guys, you never appreciated me when I was out there killing myself in the regular season yeah. and I was a hero to nerds. And now all the nerds are turning against me because I'm actually prioritizing the playoffs because that is the thing that everybody tells me I need to care about. And suddenly here I am doing that. And all of you guys are leaving me in the lurch, but except for me. I got you, Joel. But, oh, Alabaster, go ahead. I just want to clarify a couple things. First of okay. all, Pablo, he was sitting out because of schedule density and the calf was <laughs> precautionary. That not is what is reported. Um, not a serious injury that we know of. Second of all, he specifically in his attack at analytics, specifically when at Jokic for he didn't want to go back in the game to get triple doubles. He said that the defensive metrics that benefit Jokic are not legitimate, yes. uh, which is probably true, but yes, I digress. Yes. Um, not a digression. And then Truth. he talked about how he's not going to get this award because people don't like him, but he doesn't care anyway because he just cares about championships. Okay. How is this not the softest <laughs> you've ever heard? <laughs> uh, can, I, can I throw something out there, Pablo? <sighs> I was going to start naming softer things I've heard about, but please, Bill, proceed. Is it fair to say that Joel Embiid is the LeBron James of playing 65 games a year? <laughs> is that is that wrong of me to say? Because that, that kind of feels like where we are in this discussion, right? Like, like this is not something new. It's not like Joel Embiid has not missed time in the past. It's not like he's I'm not saying he's not tough. Like, I think it's smart for him to sit. But you can't play the I'm winning or or I'm focusing on winning card when you have not even made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Pablo, the last time oh, the Sixers God, made it to go. the Eastern Conference Finals, we were in high school. You might not even have been in high school. I'm older than you. You might have been in grade school the last <laughs> time that happened. Like, you can't. Seventh grade. You can't. Oh, my God. You can't even play that card if you're not coming close to winning. It feels like this, like, I'm going to make this arbitrary distinction that proves that I'm the bigger and braver and badder person 
but I don't have to actually do any of that to prove the distinction. That makes no sense. I think Joel is realizing that he just is going to be on this island. And maybe he is turning himself into a martyr per your ungenerous standards. And maybe that feels, quote unquote, soft. Although I would argue that being the de facto co-host of a show who never shows his face <laughs> on, on the internet, <clears throat> a little soft. Reveal yourself, stick your face into this, into this little box if you're not mm -hmm. soft. I levy mm -hmm. that challenge to you with two shows left. But the point is, happen. I think the defensive metrics thing is where Joel Embiid has a hill bill. Hill bill. That's, that's a hill the bill thing to die that's on. That's the most important thing. I believe that Joel Embiid is realizing, like, look, I have done all I can plausibly do to prove to you that I'm a I'm a better defensive player than Nikola Jokic. Okay. Nikola Jokic does the thing where he gets a lot of defensive rebounds and all of these damn nerd stats over index on defensive rebounds as a proxy for defense because defense isn't adequately measured yet. The Nuggets mm -hmm. do the thing where they do hockey lines where when Nikola Jokic is sitting, so is everybody else who's good at defense. And so when he's off the court, the defense is utter dog. Mm -hmm. And I believe Joel Embiid is suffering the results of statistical illiteracy and so he has turned on all of you and he's saying mm -hmm. if i'm not gonna get credit for this shit i'm doing in games why am i going to jeopardize my postseason fortunes when i'm gonna get killed for having expended all the gas in my tank during the regular season to prove i'm not soft anyway i believe Pablo, he's gonna catch 22 that's the number that's that that's the number of games he's gonna miss this year is 22 how dare in the you. long run i i just i i, I want to know what the conversation was like in the analytics group group chat or the Slack for the Sixers to hide the defensive numbers so Joel Embiid did not get to find out that they also like Nikola Jokic's defense. Uh, was Daryl Morey just like erasing spreadsheets? Was was there a SQL uh, database that just got corrupted in a matter of minutes? Like you don't want to reveal the truth to Joel Embiid. About you know, this stuff. I forget which. I think it was a Kelly Rowland music video where she was sending a text on an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Yes. They basically did that to Joel. They were like, that, check this out. And it was just like uh, a fake yeah, spread. That was also the AIM era as well. It was. Alabaster. So we're, we're really caught up on the defensive metrics when we should be talking about with Jokic that he's the best offensive player in the league by such a wide margin that the defense mm -hmm. is almost moot because they're one of the best offenses ever when he's on the floor and they're the mm -hmm. process sixers when he's off the floor. And... That's important in this MVP debate now because with Embiid skipping that game, the odds switched. Jokic went off again. And mm -hmm. it's not – if I don't think anyone is saying if you just measure defense on defense, Embiid's not a better player than Jokic. That part's obvious, but I just so. isolating that variable, Mr. Isolator of Variables, yes. is also a fool's errand. Look, I, I also feel like part of the conversation here is just that people are bored of Jokic winning MVP and they want to find an excuse to not give him the MVP again. And so it feels like people have settled on defenses being the, oh, this is why this guy can't win MVP again. That's like the the various arguments for Mike Trout not winning eight straight MVPs or LeBron not winning eight straight MVPs. I like to think of it as Joel Embiid um, dying for the sins of sports media <laughs> and sacrificing himself at the altar of bull so that we can have stuff to talk about because he is somebody who deserves so much better than he's gotten. <laughs> well, that yeah, may oh. have been the quickest interjection, I think. Oh, I, I, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have on. a question, Pablo, okay, one question. Okay, go for it. One what, what, what? 
Can you tell me, do you believe that Embiid is the best player in the NBA? Yes. Right now, I do. I do. <laughs> I do. Why? What, what, hold on. Hold on. I got a chortle from Bill Barnwell. I got a sure. guy who refuses to show his face sure. saying that we make too much of half of the sport, which is defense. <laughs> and now I have to take slings and arrows. Yes. And by the way, an appropriate animal for the behavior that I have been implicating you for. Um, use your your lewd translation dictionary mm. there. The point being that Joel Embiid, when healthy, when he's not suffering mm. a calf, which yes. is again a serious injury per Doc Rivers. Also an animal. <laughs> what he is, and by the way, the thing that was sacrificed at the altar of bull in the Old oh. Testament, um, when he is not suffering that, I'm, 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 I'm just gonna stand here and applaud myself <laughs> for that, for that thing I just said. The golden calf of bull yeah, worship that. <laughs> worship that, Alabaster. Yeah, because this guy can do everything as long as he's healthy. He always could. And yeah, I'm sorry he couldn't drop 47 again on the Nuggets. Did you think he wasn't going to be really good against the Nuggets? The last time we this saw is, it, he was exactly that. Thing. This is the whole thing. It's, oh, can't you imagine how good they would be? When do they actually have to be good, Pablo? But like, like, when is it? Oh, let's imagine what they're going to be like in the future. When is it? What? How soon is now, Pablo? When? Tell me. When? When do they get to win? When is it happening? Bill, um, I'm going to try to do the thing I couldn't do with Dominique on Friday. Oh no. Um, tomorrow is a mystery. Yesterday is history, but right now is a gift. That's why they call it the present. Just think about that. Just think about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, To answer your question, I don't think less of Joel Embiid, but I just want something to happen with the Sixers. I just feel like I've wasted. Me too, buddy. Paying attention to this team for no reason. If, If I am, if I. If I am going to be watching the Sixers win a title yep. and not doing this damn show, I'm going to go on PabloTorre.com sure. and I'm going to live stream. I'm going to man and cast debatable mm-hmm. and I'm just going to be shirtless Sure, and it's going to be amazing. So just watch out for that. You, you remember Dominique Foxworth doing that after Jeff Saturday won his first game with the Colts. <laughs> and you may remember that there was not a second victory in that list. So I, I would just say, don't, don't, don't shoot that wad too soon. Don't do it when they win their first Eastern Conference Finals game. Don't do it if they make it to the finals. You got to save that because you only get one shot at that, Pablo. I forgot the time Dominique got drunk because Jeff Saturday um, <laughs> had a close game in his first game, I think, was what happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. and That was great. It was oh, a great right. time. That was right. That's right. Um, <sighs> let's pivot back to football, where there was another okay. golden calf of bull yeah. appeared mm. randomly. Um, what does it tell you that Brock Birdie, Purdy is expected to be the 49ers <laughs> starter when he returns from injury? Bill, is there a more useless designation than guy expected to be the 49ers starter <laughs> in sports? <laughs> it's like, congratulations. Cool. Talk about future versus present and the difference therein. Like, yeah, you can earn it, I guess. And he should have based on all of the things we saw, but we know how this is going to go for this team, right? Mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back there at some point (laughs) next year. I've seen the contract. I've seen the Jersey. I've seen the press conference. 
you, don't believe I'm, it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not stupid. You're not going to deep fake <laughs> me. I, I, I know what's going to happen. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be there in week 13. We're all going to be like, wow, how did that happen? You're going to be shirtless on on, on, on your uh, on, on your second stream experience on, on Pablotory.com or Pablo.show uh, yes. just berating us. But it, like at this point, why would you believe that any of these quarterbacks are going to stay healthy for an extended period of time? I mean, literally... The guy who looks like he has the best shot of staying healthy for the entire season in San Francisco, a quarterback, is the guy who got mononucleosis and missed time a couple of years ago. That's where we're at with this depth chart in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, it's appropriate that we hire the guy who is seeing ghosts for yes. a job in which nobody is sure whether anybody is actually, you know, tangibly the thing that we're calling them. Yes. Or or whether it even matters. Like, do we, does it even matter if the Niners don't have a settled quarterback competition? Does it like we found we found the line of no return is Josh Johnson in, yes. in that NFC Championship <laughs> game? But there's a lot of guys between the top of the, the food chain and Josh Johnson that if you slip them in in San Francisco, they might be a 10-win team with uh, I, I don't it's know so Charlie true. Whitehurst the quarterback. Like that's it's not out of the question. Is Charlie White Alabaster, can you find out if Charlie Whitehurst is actually still a quarterback? Because I feel like I he, would also slot him ahead of Josh. He's Johnson. definitely not. He's he's been out of the league for a few years. But oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Great, great hair. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. Bell, to your point though, the Niners, like <laughs> I'm trying to think of like you know, Elon Musk's like senior engineer. Like, what are the most disposable <laughs> job titles you could have? In the world. Like, yes, got like Trey Lance is there. If I guess we should take it from the from the perspective of Trey Lance, right? Yes. Like, that's the guy who we're all actually curious about. What is he going to look like coming off of his injury? Mm -hmm. And do you think he's offended by this designation? I don't. <laughs> I don't think he is. I think Trey Lance is like, just text me when you need me, <laughs> and that'll be like in a week or two. Uh, Alabaster snuck in and then snuck out, I believe, with an interjection. Do you have something to say? Did sneak well, I just wanted to ask about the Trey Lance of it all because okay. the quotes from John Lynch were somewhat of an, I mean, they seem tongue in cheek, but also of an indictment, sort of like, oh, yeah, we like having Trey Lance on our team, but we'll trade anyone. I'd trade myself if I got a good deal. I mean, what does that say about a number three pick who they mortgaged a ton of draft capital to get and has really played one meaningful game for them? Yeah. I mean, the last time the Niners were this playful. And their responses was when Kyle Shanahan said he wasn't sure if anybody was going to be alive the Sunday after the draft. <laughs> uh, and that was about drafting Trey Lance. And uh, that didn't go so well for pretty much everyone involved. This is a this is a situation where I think the success of Brock Purdy and the success of Jimmy Garoppolo has sort of masked the issues here. But let, let's put this in perspective. The Niners traded three first-round picks to move up and draft Trey Lance in 2020. Yes, 2020. The 20, 20, 2021, excuse me, the 2021 draft. They yes. trade three first picks to move up and get Trey Lance. They were seemingly iffy about it at the time. They, there were reports they were interested in Mac Jones, that they weren't sure who they were going to pick. Trey Lance has started four games. One of those games was played in the monsoon week one this year. Second one, he breaks his ankle or suffers an ankle injury and is out for the year in the first quarter of week two. And the quotes from the organization about Trey Lance are basically like he is an afterthought in this discussion to Sam Darnold 
and a guy who literally could not throw the ball in January <laughs> and just after went UCL surgery, might be out until halfway through the season. Like, yes, all of that's this, accurate. <laughs> this this feels like number one. This organization has no interest in Trey Lance, and number two, that makes this one of the worst trades I can think of because mm. if the Niners hold on to those picks, they probably have enough around whoever was playing quarterback that they make it to the Super Bowl. And that is where they're at right now is that they traded for this guy who was going to be this, you know, this guy who was going to be the ultimate positionless football player, the guy who was going to be the quarterback who could run with the football and open up the rushing offense and be the the prototypical version of a Shanahan offense. And they're like, no, we're good with Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold. We don't need you anymore, which is so weird. It is the ultimate example to me, beyond being one of the worst trades, objectively, as you just laid out. It is the ultimate sure. example of no one knowing anything. Mm-mm. I mean, nope. beyond the trading up for Trey Lance, the idea that you're just rolling with the guy who was literally the last pick of the draft that you should only get credit for insofar as you were the last team to possibly make a pick, which means you waited as long as possible to do this. Yes. Meaning you get the least amount of credit possible for a draft pick. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you get Sam Darnold. Like, I, I, I just think it is, it is one of the funniest, again, <laughs> isolations of variables possible. Like, what credit mm-hmm. do you get for any of this? Well, probably very little. That's not how this works, though, Pablo. You know, there's going to be a report in a year if Brock Purdy is good again, where you're going to see four or five teams going to say, "Oh yeah, we get a fourth round grade on Brock Purdy. We just, we just never took him for some reason." It, like that's inevitable. Like the Tom Brady bullshit about how you know people had a first round grade on him or whatever when he was the, I believe one hundred and ninety ninth pick in the draft. Yep, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, people will convince themselves of anything if it makes them look smart anonymously, and that is where I'm afraid we're going to get with Brock Purdy. We're about to get the. I, I didn't think Trey Lance was an NFL quarterback, people, because Trey Lance is about to be a trade candidate, and there are going to be teams who just like Lamar Jackson say, ah, we're good when it comes to trading for Trey Lance, even if Trey Lance is a much different kind of proposition. Right, right. Okay, there's only one. Okay, no, I, yep, there it is. Here's the segue, Alabaster. Speaking Mm -hmm. of quarterbacks that nobody trusts, speaking of guys with questionable sleeping habits. That's right. (sighs) Um, Well, and it gets weirder and weirder. Um, Brian Gutekunst says he's tried to contact Aaron Rodgers many times, discuss his future, and there's no timetable on the trade because he hasn't heard back. So mm-hmm. what do you make of what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers right now? I, I, I believe that Brian Gutekunst needs to sort of befriend some sort of like uh, suddenly populist uh, sports talk host um, to really, uh, you know, go against the narratives that Aaron Rodgers is spinning in his perpetual war his holy war against narratives is because he Bra- the, the anti-embiid so... <laughs> in that joel Embiid is helping out sports media aaron Rodgers wants nothing more than to destroy it from within aaron Rodgers hates us because he truly ain't us <laughs> he's not for better or worse he for better and for worse i mean that's by the way we'll get to the meat of this but it truly is it truly is a function of somebody who um, hates manipulation so much that he became the most manipulative athlete of all time. Yes. Like, it's it's so funny to me that he hates narratives and all he does is spend his time creating <laughs> narratives. And Brian Gutekunst is not savvy in this way, right? No. Brian Gutekunst is waiting in front of a... He's waiting for one of these scrums 
at these off-season meetings to get in front of 10 microphones non-exclusively mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. sort of scattershot out a defense of himself. And so what I think that's going on is Brad Gutekunst is fighting a war with a guy who, yeah, who buys ink by uh, the YouTube, uh, yeah, hour. <laughs> that's a sensible statement I just said. You get my yes, drift. that is. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I think Brian Gutekunst is not prepared for any part of this. He, he is the guy in the cholesterol thread from a couple of years ago. The, you don't want to be out here. You don't want to be shopping for a quarterback. Uh, <laughs> you know, there are 80% vape pens out here. You don't want to be fighting. <laughs> you don't want to be fighting a war, a, a, a war in public about who handled things more appropriately with Aaron Rodgers, who can go on Pat McAfee's show, which I'm assuming is on 24-7. I'm not entirely sure it's on a lot. Effectively. He can go on it whenever he wants and say whatever he wants and doesn't have to try and be remotely professional. Brian Gutekunst feels like somebody, honestly, who got divorced, went back in the dating pool, went on Tinder, and, and got ghosted. And was just like... This, this, what? I don't understand. Like, just called, texted them ten times again, and was like, "Hey, wait, maybe you missed my message." Like, this is this is what's happening. Like, you can accept it, you can complain about it. It's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to solve anything. You're just going to get blocked. I assume Aaron Rodgers just has Brian Gutekunst's number blocked, but that's where we're at at this point. But even worse, it's like somebody who got ghosted in some sort of online dating uh, mm -hmm. exchange, and then logged on to Twitter.com to realize that someone had created a whole thread about in fact oh, no. they were the problem in this very problematic exchange and brian gutekunst is saying like whoa 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 i tried to do the things that i'm being accused of never doing you know mm -hmm. and 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 so look <laughs> the truth of it is undoubtedly somewhere in between both of these sides right let's let's just presume that neither one is categorically lying although if someone's categorically sure. lying maybe lean on the guy who has been definitively lying about the media's manipulative tactics. Um, I, 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 I would say just leading in an alternate direction, Pablo. Yeah, yeah. how I would characterize Yes, 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 yes. Sorry, the, we were talking about uh, different approaches to research, not lies. Um, yes. But the point here, Bill, is that there is this stalemate yes. <laughs> between the Jets and the Packers, and we talked about leverage with Mar Jackson. I'm actually curious as to your assessment of leverage here, right? Like... <laughs> Who has leverage in this scenario? Because it seems to me that the more people talk in public, and Aaron Rodgers obviously led the charge in terms of the public mm -hmm. framing of the message, right? That you would do that because you fear a lack of it. And so <laughs> what's actually happening here, do you think, in terms of who can make this happen and who isn't? Well, Aaron Rodgers has leverage for sure, because he can just retire. He can just say, I'm done. And if that's what he wants to do, which... According to him, he wanted to do it one point this offseason and then changed his mind. It certainly feels like he could make that decision for himself. If he wants to never play for the Packers again, Aaron Rodgers can absolutely make sure that happens. Now he can't get himself to the Jets unless both these teams agree on a trade. The Jets have basically done everything possible to open up the welcome mat for Aaron you don't you, you put out a welcome mat you don't open up a welcome mat well put out the welcome mat for aaron Rodgers. <laughs> an origami uh, welcome mat yes that is fair, unfolded like fair. a beautiful a beautiful crane yeah it's a beautiful crane that aaron Rodgers can crush uh <laughs> that is where the jets are right now they they've they've hired nathaniel hackett they signed alan lazard 
they basically are one step away from hiring McAfee to be their punter. Like it's not <laughs> they're 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 not selling out to get Lamar Jackson. They're not selling out to get Teddy Bridgewater or Jacoby Brissett. They are putting every single Aaron Rodgers dog whistle is the wrong word, but like a Rodgers whistle out there, the things that only Aaron Rodgers would be entertained or interested by. Um <laughs> you know, are the things that are being put out there for Aaron Rodgers to come join the Jets. But you have these two teams who are looking at the other team and saying, well, they don't have any other choice. They got to deal with us. So we're good. And that's not a good recipe for a trade. The Packers don't want to be stuck paying Aaron Rodgers $58 million. The Jets don't want to be stuck paying Zach Wilson any American dollars to play for their team in 2022. This is a $58 million game of chicken because that is what the Aaron Rodgers uh, roster bonus that's coming up before the start of the Mm. season is worth. Someone has to pay that or Aaron Rodgers retires. And as time goes on, I have to imagine the Packers get more and more concerned about that. But if you're the Jets, like, is there any alternative you can realistically put out there for your team week one, given how publicly, privately, uh, with your roster, with your money, how you've done everything possible to make it clear to your fans that we expect Aaron Rodgers to be our quarterback in 2022, 2023. Right. No, I I mean, look, admittedly, I love the idea (laughs) of Nathaniel Hackett just perpetually being left at the altar. (laughs) This is an amazing rom-com that he's in. Just like constantly, constantly being dangled to to win the love of Aaron Rodgers, only to be, yeah, um, rebuffed. Can we, can we get Kevin turn. James to play in that <laughs> play him in that rom com as well, so we can do another NFL coach? Yes. Can we get Kevin James to play every possible NFL you, head coach? Yeah. Did you see the photo of the NFL coaches at their at their meeting this year? I did. I I want someone to Photoshop that, but with thirty Kevin James heads <laughs> around the thirty different people. As long as you tint the uh, sunglassed Giants polo version of Kevin James a specific <laughs> shade of red, because yes, oh my please. God, Brian Dable, man, maybe I'm just the son of a dermatologist, but you you need a you need a dermatological coordinator, my friend. Oh no, that's that is an you know issue. What? Pablo, some of us are bald and white, and we're, we're not good in the sun. <laughs> just, just now what we're good at. Brian Dable's been working in a box for most of his career. He's not out on the sideline very often. So I, I certainly can understand why that happened and just wish him the best of luck. That's Find some aloe, my friend. Aloe. Oh, aloe. Yeah, yeah. Alabaster, I feel like aloe vera is, is something that you're also familiar with. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends is aloe vera and SPF 50. It's a great tandem. Uh, I would have taken the over on the SPF, honestly. 50 seems yeah. fairly reasonable. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And, and frankly, should. Pablo, before you leave, I'm going to stick. I'm going to make you actually. Oh, no, Bill. I'm, I'm not ready to do this. Are we going to get emotional? Okay. What? I'll, I'll play a classic game of what are the chances? Yeah. Just oh, to bring I, it back oh, to, to an that. old school game. Yeah, I missed those. What, what are the chances that Aaron Rodgers is not the Jets quarterback? Week one of the 2023 season. <laughs> if we're doing wish fulfillment, yeah. um, oh God, I would like to say, I would like to say zero percent. Wow, I would like to say. So you 0%. want you want Aaron Rodgers in the Jets? I do, I do, I, Bill. The reason, I mean, again, we talked about Joel Embiid already and how he makes our job easier. Sure. 
I'm getting lazier in old age, man. <laughs> like Aaron Rodgers retire. I mean, I guess Aaron Rodgers retiring would be a brief stimulus package for our business, but him sure. on the Jets is job creation. Do you know how many former? I mean, half of the Seaport Studios is just New York Jets anyway. <laughs> like the idea that he would—it's—it's it's incredible what he would do. And I want to see him. I want to see him go to war with Frank Isola. I want to see him go to war with the people who are in this city who claim to be ready to cover a guy like that, unlike every other press corps, and finally get a chance to prove it. So yeah, I'm going to say 0%, because also I want to figure out what Aaron Rodgers is going to say when he is asked whether the team mascot of his new employer, uh, you know, its fuel melts steel beams. <laughs> I'm 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 not. It, that, that's how it's going to end. Is what it boils down to. I'm I'm not adding to Pablo's. We're just, we're just Pablos. researching questions, Bill. I'm just not going to Pablo's like, loose change joke here. No, I, I'm, I'm reporting. I am reporting. I feel like Deshaun Kaiser also had that question. I feel like everybody was curious about Aaron Rodgers' curiosities there. I, I, I would like to see what Aaron Rodgers turns Zach Wilson into if Zach Wilson is the backup for Aaron Rodgers. Like that is gonna be just a delightful exchange of ideas in that 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 room there. Oh my god. Yeah, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Um look, am I actively trying to workshop a MILF joke right now? I'm gonna bring you behind the curtain, and the answer is absolutely yes. Oh, there, look. All the check marks appeared. Oh, we're done. That's great. <laughs> Bill Barnwell, show. the host of the Bill Barnwell Show. That's true. Bill, I, 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 I'm not going to be emotional, but I will say that you have made my life easier in every way <laughs> for three years on ESPN Daily and especially on this show. Thank you for taking care of me and we'll always have a place for you at PabloTorre.com. Oh, wow. Pablo... Yeah. I will pay you the nicest compliment I can pay anybody. And it's a compliment I pay a lot of people. I'm so happy you're not Dominique Foxworth. <laughs> happy 40th birthday, by the way, to Dominique.